to take our Bibles immediately and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, we're going to finish this chapter regardless of uh, how far we get tonight. I think we'll get all the way through though. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, we started in verse number 9 two weeks ago. I'd like to pick up and read there for time's sake. I don't think I'm going to read the whole passage to verse 23. We'll read to verse 17. I'll let you remain seated as we read God's word and I'll, I'll do the speaking tonight uh, and you listen, listen up please. Uh, 1 Corinthians 3, the church at Corinth and the church at Harvest is our, is our title of our series of messages. This is about message number 14 or so. And it says, For we are laborers together, Paul said, with God. Ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. Verse, verse 11 is one of the key verses. Let's read that together. Ready? For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest of what, for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide... He shall, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. We teach, among other things, in this passage of Scripture, we teach that you cannot lose your salvation, but you can lose your rewards, of course, and we'll talk more about that, Lord willing, in a few minutes here. Uh, verse number 16, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you, if any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. And for time's sake, let's skip down to verse 21. Therefore let no man glory in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours, and ye are Christ, and Christ is God's. We dealt with, uh, if you're following along in your uh, your bulletin of course go to the inside page just want to spend about three or four minutes quickly in in uh review of course where we've been it's been two weeks since we were on this chapter here of course we talked about a threefold breakdown of this chapter verses one to four and i'll go real quickly here we'll just look at the review the local church is like a family and its goal is maturity and the verse that we use for uh get this threefold breakdown is verse number nine for we are laborers together with god we're a family church's family and and uh, we're part of the family of God. Uh, ye are God's husbandry, uh, and uh, we're like a field, the church is like a field, and we have the field of our friends and so forth individually. Collectively, we have a field of uh, unsaved people that we need to reach for Christ here in our Jerusalem. And ye are God's building. And you're an individual temple of God, and we're to be, uh, the church is to be a sanctuary, a, a temple of the living God as well. And so we looked at, in way of review, we just, and I'll just read its bullet points. The, the local church is meant to grow. And we see that through much of the epistles, of course, that God's pleased with, with pr proper growth, of course, both spiritually and numerically, of course. Uh, Paul was speaking first to the church at Corinth. He spoke to the church at Corinth, but he speaks to us today, of course. And he speaks to all, everyone in the, the, the church as such. Uh, Thirdly, we said the application is so we can apply this passage of Scripture to us. Certainly we can, because all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for, for us, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Uh, 
So uh, the local church is meant to grow. Uh, he spoke first to the church at Corinth. Uh, the Holy Spirit can speak to us. And then we talked about a content, the context in, in lends itself to a dual application. We talked about the, the, the first application is the local church at Corinth. And the second application is the, the church or the body of Christ at large. Hebrews 12, 23, we looked at. And uh, then we talked about uh, the so-called confusion uh, that in the passage. And, and if we understand synonymous dualism or understand uh, that God's... Another way of saying it, sometimes God gives us one primary application, or one primary interpretation of scriptures, and, but many, several applications. And we see that in this passage, among other, uh, as we see in much of the Bible. Uh, there are two temples spoken of. There's the temple of, uh, of our body, the body of Christ, of course, and there's the temple that uh, Paul laid the foundation at the church at Corinth. Uh, uh, he was the wise master builder, verse number 10, of course. And so uh, we talked about the, the church at large, and it's called a temple. And then, of course, the individual Christian is, is, is we're temples of the living God, 1 Corinthians 6, 19, and 20, of course. And so uh, I want to continue on with this thought as we get to verses 9 through uh, 16 is the body of our message tonight, and a great passage of scripture. It says, verse number 10, for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And uh, this passage teaches the judgment of believers. There's no doubt about that, of course, and we'll, we'll get into that in more detail here in just a few minutes here, but also uh, a judgment of, uh, of God, Paul speaking to his church at Corinth. It's got all kinds of problems. And uh, he's warning them of uh, danger if they don't turn from their ways, of course. And so uh, we get the practical application. And we start to part number two of our message here tonight here on the back of, the, back of your bulletins, of course. The practical application, particularly verses 10 through 15, uh, a quality church, uh, or quality church or a quality Christian builds in three ways. Uh, first of all, it doesn't matter if we're talking about the, the church uh, as a temple, as a sanctuary, or if we're talking about uh, Christians, individuals, temples. The fact is, verse number 11, for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And uh, we need to build, the church needs to build on the right foundation, and uh, Christians need to build on the right foundation. I want you to think, consider the church for a few moments here. Go, go to Matthew chapter 16. Let's turn there if we could here. Matthew chapter 16. And I, I know it's familiar to many of you, but some of you, it's, it's, uh, even if it's familiar, look at it again, fresh and anew. Matthew 16, I won't read the whole context for time's sake. But Jesus asked his disciples earlier on in the verse number 12, I believe it is, or verse 13, he came to them at Caesarea Philippi, and he said, who do men say that I am? And some said, well, you're Jeremiah, and I'm paraphrasing. Uh, uh, you're Elijah, you're one of the prophets, you're John the Baptist, raised from the dead. But Jesus said, verse number 15, who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, verse 16, and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. The church has to have the right foundation, of course. And Peter said, thou art the, the Christ, the son of the living God. Now the, the Catholic church, for the record, well, let me read verse 17. And Jesus answered and said unto them, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my father, which is in heaven, and uh, Simon Peter, uh, Simon Barjona, you've, you've received that revelation from the Heavenly Father in heaven that, that uh, Jesus is the Christ. 
And uh, salvation is of God, by the way. But we get to verse number 18. It's the verse we want to park on for a minute. And I say also unto thee, thou art Peter, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Most of you probably have heard that the word Peter means Petros, of course. It's in the Greek language, his name would be Petros, of course. And, and uh, uh, the Catholic Church believes that Peter is the first rock, or he's the rock of the church. In fact, the Vatican is built on supposedly the bones of uh, Peter, of course. And uh, that's what the Catholic Church believes, that, he's, that Peter's the rock of the church. But we know that Jesus Christ is the rock of the church, of course. It's a, and it, it's, it's not Peter's church. It's, it's, Jesus said, I will build my church. I have circled my Bible, my. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So God promised that his church would go forward. And so the church, every church needs to be built on the right foundation, of course. Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. Go back to 1 Corinthians 3, and, or maybe you want to turn to, probably on the screen, knowing Caleb, he, he does those PowerPoints for me. If, uh, thank you very much. But uh, uh, Ephesians 2, 19 and tw- through 21, we quoted it a couple weeks ago, but let me quote it again. Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and with the household of God. He's talking to the church in ge- general, the church at large, if you want to use that term. He says, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles. Now, First, first Peter says that the apostles are, we also are lively stones. We're built up on the foundation of Jesus Christ is the foundation of the church, of course. And for the foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And Ephesians 2.20 says, you're built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. So Christ is the cornerstone of the church. He's the, he's the, the foundation of the church in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple unto the Lord. One day he's going to, the church is going to be presented to Ephesians 5 to him without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. We're going to be presented as a body of, a body of all believers. We're going to be found perfect in heaven forever and ever and ever. And so the foundation, the rock, the cornerstone of the church is none other than Jesus Christ. And so we must build on that right foundation. Number, or it's not, you got bullet points, I guess, uh, the church should be careful about getting off on tangents or getting on tangents. And First uh, Corinthians 2, 2, look at Paul said to these very learned or they thought they were sophisticated and wise Corinthians. He said they, they thought that they had some excellent knowledge. We haven't got to First Corinthians uh, 12, 13, and 14 yet. But when we get there, of course, there was a problem with tongues and so forth. They were all puffed up with their ability to speak in tongues, among other things. And Paul said, I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Christ is the center of the church. The message of Christ ought to be, uh, somebody was saying to me just a few days ago, of course, uh, uh, you know, we need to give the gospel every time we have a Sunday morning service. I'm waiting for one amen. Amen, amen thank you. I, I paused on purpose there. <laughs> and uh, uh, we need to give the gospel. Don't get tired of the preacher giving the gospel. I, uh, I'll pick on, just, Jeff just mentioned, it just popped in my head, but uh, I saw Mike sitting back there, a strange person for me to see. And I, we had some other people, I looked through the audience, I scanned through the audience, and I said, I wonder if they know Christ is their Savior. I need to insert the gospel. I don't know if I did that much Sunday, but uh, we need to always insert the gospel because the, Christ is the center of the church. He says, he, in all things, he might, she should have the preeminence, of course. In fact, uh, Colossians 1.18 says, and he is the head of the body, the church. That, who is the beginning of the firstborn from the dead, and that in all things he might have the preeminence. So uh, Spurgeon used to say this when he preached to preach, preach, preacher boys. He said, 
pick a text and make a beeline to Christ, make a beeline to the cross. We always insert the gospel of Christ. We always make Christ preeminent in our preaching. Uh, Philip said in John chapter 12, verses 21, sirs, we would see Jesus. And so the church needs to be, uh, needs to center on Christ uh, and the, the, uh, be a Christocentric church. And uh, he says, I will build my church. And we need to be careful about getting off on tangents and hobby horses, and it's so easy to do. And, and it's all right for a preacher to preach on politics once in a while. It's all right to preach on, preach on patriotism once in a while. It's all right to preach on and any number of doctrines we go through in the Word of God. We need to preach the whole counsel of God, but we need to preach Christ and Him crucified, number one, numero uno. It always needs to stay at the focus, at the front of our, our preaching, of course. And so this, this foundation has got to be the right foundation for the church. Paul was a wise master builder, and the church needs, this church at Corinth needs to be founded on the, the foundation of Jesus Christ and make Him be center and preeminence in preaching. But then also with the Christian, it says, for our other foundation can no man lay, and that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And so with the Christian, salvation is in believing, is receiving Christ as your Savior, not, you know, follow me, don't, uh, educated crowd here for the most part, and so not by receiving God or the Holy Spirit. Uh, I can, I'm going to tattle and uh, just say, say it this way, that Rob, he believed in God long before he came to Harvest Baptist Church. Uh, he's trying to be a good person and uh, trying to think, well, well I think I'll, I'll hope I'll get to heaven. I'm trying to be good and so forth. And many people think that way. Think, well, I believe in God. The Bible says, thou believest there is one God, thou doest well. The devils believe also and tremble. You don't become a Christian by believing in God. If that was the case, there would be many people on their way to heaven, of course, millions more than there are. And uh, you don't get to heaven by... Get, receiving the, well, you do get to heaven by receiving the Holy Spirit. Let me rephrase that. You, you don't get to heaven by calling upon the Holy Spirit to save you. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's the Lord Jesus that saves, of course. It's not, and the Holy Spirit is instrumental. He's the one that convicts us. The Father is the one that sent Christ, but, but uh, we need to receive uh, Christ as our Savior. He needs to be centered. Uh, when I share with somebody, with somebody the doctrine of baptism, it says in Matthew 28, it says, uh, baptizing them in the name, singular, of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, not names, of course. We're baptized in the Trinitarian name, but we're baptized in the name of Jesus. We see in, in throughout Acts that people were baptized in the name of Jesus, of course. And we identify when we get baptized with Jesus Christ in the death, burial, and resurrection, of course. And so... Uh, a Christian, uh, Christ is, is supreme, of course. He's preeminent in all of our life. He's our, he's our Savior. And uh, also, we are not to, this is what the Church of Corinth is doing. Many people, individuals within inside the Church of Corinth, they had their, their, their heroes of worship. Uh, so fill in the next blank with, also, we are to follow Jesus, not another man. And uh, we find this in this passage, several, several passages, I won't for time's sake, Go through them in chapter 2, we see it. In chapter 1, we see it. We're going to see it in chapter 4. Uh, well, I'm of Paul. I'm of Apollos. I'm of Cephas. Uh, and uh, well, some of them got really spiritual. I'm of Christ, of course. But, but uh, I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians uh, 4. I don't know if you put it on the screen or not, but just turn one page in your Bible and look at chapter, 15, chapter 4, verse 15. For though ye have 10,000 instructors in Christ, Paul said, uh, yet have ye not many fathers? For in Christ Jesus, 
I have begotten you through the gospel. Paul said, uh, I have begotten you through the gospel. Paul, Paul was in a sense taking credit for bringing these people to the gospels of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I've led many hundreds of people to the Lord over the course of my Christian life and of course of pastor, but I never, I never saved anybody. And uh, uh, Brother Dave, uh, Brother Jeff on the streets of, uh, they'll be the first to tell you, they never saved anybody on the street of, street of Hartford. The Lord does all the saving, of course. We're, we're, the, we're just messenger boys. And uh, God does all the saving. Christ does all the saving, of course. And so Paul says, but I've begotten you. And then he says in verse number 16, wherefore I beseech you, be followers of me. Now I just want you to think about that for a minute here. That's a little scarier. That's a little scary to me. Uh, I want you to follow me, and that's an order. <laughs> uh, sometimes I'm not following right. Sometimes I'm not always... Uh, let me give you a couple more verses, and I'll make applications. You say, where are you going with this preacher? I may, I may be still losing you, some of you. First uh, Corinthians 11.1, 1, it says, be, Paul said, be followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. So I can rephrase, I want you to follow me as long as I'm following Christ. Now, sometimes I don't follow Christ. Sometimes I, you ever get in the flesh? I want you guys to forget when I get in the flesh, okay? Would you do me that favor, please? I don't want you to follow me when I get in the flesh. I don't want you to follow me if I sin or have messed up. I want you to follow Christ. Paul said, be a follower of me. I've heard different preachers preach on this text and say he said that because, and maybe he did, I, I, it's beyond me. Uh, when Paul said these words, of course, none of the New Testament had been written yet. And so you said the Old Testament did not. They had the doctrine of the apostles, Acts chapter 2, of course. We didn't have the, the whole body of scriptures. Now we don't need to follow man at all, is the, the, the preaching. We need to follow Christ and him alone in his word, and his, in his word alone, because that's what we have now. And the, the word will never, Marty Schott will lead you astray from time to time, but the word of God will never lead you astray. As, uh, man will lead you astray from time to time, but Christ will never lead you astray. You follow where I'm, where I'm going. Philippians 3.17 is the third verse where Paul says, Brethren, be followers together with, of me, and mark them which walk so as ye have an example, uh, as ye have of us for an, an example. We preachers need to be warning uh, the sheep of false teachers and false preachers and so forth. And be careful. And uh, uh, if you don't know how to follow the Bible, yet follow me as I follow Christ. But uh, if I don't follow Christ, follow, follow Christ anyhow. And uh, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep, get him off of man, of course. Then, uh, so we need to have the right foundation. And I said I'm going to get done with this lesson, whether we're getting done with it or not, so I've got to begin to hurry. Uh, let's consider the, the right materials for a moment. Whether, uh, now we have, Paul's talking to this church at Corinth. And uh, a wise church or a wise Christian, he's talking to the church at Corinth, he's talking to the church at Harvest, and he's talking to your heart and my heart all at the same time. And he says this, he says, Now if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. I think everybody knows, but uh, just for clarification, gold, silver, and precious stones, they can all go through a fire and, and only be refined. Wood, hay, and stubble, you put them in a fire and they're going to they're gonna burn up, aren't they? Uh, so every man's work shall be made manifest, of, uh, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. Yet he himself shall be saved, yet so as by 
fire. And so we need to, churches need to be built with the right material. First of all, we need to give, whether church or individual Christian, we need to give all glory to who? To give God all the glory, rather. Ephesians 3.21, I didn't write it down, but it's... uh, uh, it says, uh, now unto him uh, be glory in the church, be all the glory. I thought I could quote it. Let me give it to you for your, Ephesians 4, verse 31. Uh, well, no, it's not, f- f- 3, 321, excuse me. Unto him, that's Jesus Christ, be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Churches need to build, give all the glory to God, of course. When we have a great day, it wasn't, look what we did. It's what Christ did, of course. Uh, this is his church. I, I've said, you know, there's a lot of things I've had a lot of sin in. I don't want to confess my sin in front of you guys here, but uh, there's some things that I'm pretty clean on. There's some things, there's sometimes I can raise my hands and they're clean. Very few things that I can raise my hands and clean, but I've, I've said this, I bragged on this, and I'll brag on it right now here. I know this is my church. I'm, I'm so glad that this is my church. Aren't you glad? And all God's people said, Amen. If it was my church, boy, we're all in a heap of trouble. Myself at the top of the list, of course. I know this is Christ's church, and he can remove me anytime he wants to. And uh, uh, I have clean hands in regards to that. It's his church. We just get to be a part of it. What a privilege to be a part of this church of Christ, of course. And we want him to receive all the glory. And uh, that's building on the right materials, gold, silver, precious stone. Uh, uh, a wise church or a Christian seeks secondly, and I, I had to condense these points. We would have had sub A, B, C, D, one, two, three, yeah, 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 yada, 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 but didn't have room on the page, so I just kind of squinched them together here. But it, it's a wise church or wise Christian seeks to, is concerned with quality, not quantity. The Bible says, Ephesians 1, 12, uh, but that we should be to the praise of his glory. Uh, God's, we're, we're trying to build oak trees, not weeds. Uh, I have uh, in my backyard, I have uh, uh, my fence slides that we've been in my house, the back fence line. I don't even know what you call those plants, the, 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 the weeds that grow up, they're, 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 they're hollow. And they just start off with twigs in the springtime. And by, by June, they're like this high, you know what I'm talking about? And they're, 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 just, they're falling over in my yard. And they grow like, they're like trees by the end of the summer if I don't cut them down. It's ridiculous. But then I planted my shrubs along my property line between myself and my neighbor, I planted the nice arborvitaes. Uh, they were about this tall about five years ago when I planted them. They're about this tall today. And uh, it's like, they're not growing like I want them to grow. And uh, well, we're, not, we're not out to just grow a crowd. We're out to grow a congregation. We're out as a church. And uh, we're out for, to be to the praise of his glory and not to, uh, somebody gave me a, I saw a picture of, uh, I have to do this quickly here. I'm, uh, somebody gave me a picture of a certain church down in Texas. Uh, you know who I'm talking about. He's on television all the time. He's got a great smile. He, he, you, know, you know who I'm talking about. And, and they've they got a coliseum they fill up every Sunday. And it's, uh, they're growing a crowd. I'm not sure how much of a church they're growing, but they're growing a great crowd, of course. And uh, we're, we're not t- talking qu- quantity, or quali- quantity. We're talking quality. God wants us to build mature Christians. And so... A uh, third little bullet point is uh, uh, a wise church, a wise Christian seeks, thirdly, to seeks the permanent, not the temporal. Seeks the permanent, not the temporal. We're, 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 we're building for eternity, and we're not building for te- temporal. In 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, 
verse 18, of course, and I didn't write it down either, so let me turn there. It says, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And so many people today live for the temporal, for the here and now. And uh, I've seen it happen over and over and over and over again. I was with certain, somebody came to the church today, and I'll leave my name to only Caleb knows who I would be talking about. And uh, they've lived their whole life for the temporal, and now they're, they don't have two nickels to rub together. And uh, they're coming, when all else fails, pardon me, I got a bad attitude, I guess. Uh, they, they come to run, run to the church. I'm glad they run, run to the church, but I wish they were run to church like 20 years ago or 30 or 40, 50 years ago. They wouldn't be in the situation they're in today. And uh, God, they're, they're, they're living their life for the temporal. We need to live, the, all of their, their so-called works will be burned up, of course. And so the individual Christian must build on the right foundation, of course. Gold, silver, precious stones are permanent, uh, beautiful, uh, God-glorifying, valuable, uh, things that are going to last for eternity, as opposed to wood, hay, and stubble, or passing temporary, or ordinary, or even ugly, cheap things that, uh, of this world. And uh, God's chosen a higher path for us. So uh, conversely, a worldly church or Christian, next bullet point, seeks to build, a, I already mentioned this point here, seeks to build a crowd and personal fulfillment, whether it be a church, just, and it's usually based around entertainment. This world wants to be entertained. I'm confessing, I'm confessing here, and I'm throwing myself under the bus. I, oh man, I, I started it, I gotta finish it. I just it popped in my head. I, I, I like football, pray for me. And uh, Jeremy, uh, it's your fault. And, uh, and uh, I got away from NFL football for years because I was so disgusted with it and, uh, because they went uh, woke and so forth. And, uh, and I've slipped back into this. And I see the crowds and I see the fanatics. And uh, I'm a fan of church, but I see the fanatics. Uh, I don't see anybody dressed up. I don't even want to tell you how these people are dressed up in the audience here regards to the fans. Uh, these grown men, 80, 70, 70, 60-year-old men that dress up like Halloween costumes. And dressed up looking like Banshees and Batman from H-E-double-L and so forth. It's crazy how people, but they're, they're, they're all in. They're, 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 they're for this. And they're, they're, they're all about entertainment. Their whole life is entertainment. Their whole life is self-fulfillment. And uh, God has something more for us. Work for the night is coming for no man can work. So we need to uh, consider uh, underneath that here. I'm trying to hurry here. Uh, note that there is a judgment seat of Christ. The Bible speaks about a judgment seat of Christ in Romans 14, verses 10 and, 10 and 11, of course. Uh, but, but why dost thou judge thy brother, or why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand, talking to Christians, we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, the judgment seat of Christ is different than the great right throne judgment, which only unsaved people will go in front of in Revelation 20. But uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verses 10 and 11 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, every saved person, that is. Uh, that we may receive, everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. That has always uh, flustered me a little bit, Tara, because we're not judged for our sins. And uh, we'll be judged for, I think, I think when I get to heaven, and, you know, when we get to heaven and we go through the judgment seat of Christ, I, my sins are not going to be brought up. But uh, St. Marty, 
you spent too long watching with Woodhay and Stubble watching that stupid football that doesn't do any good and there's no value in it. Of course, it wasn't bad necessarily, just was not profitable. And there's some things that are, you know, the good is the enemy of the best. And uh, we, we, we need to work towards building material that's gold, silver, and precious stone. And then, uh, for time's sake, let's move on here because we got uh, just one more point here and I'm going to run over time for a minute. But go to verse number 17. Uh, consider this here. Verse number 16 in context, know ye not that ye are the temple of God. Was he talking to the church at Corinth or was he talking to individual Christians? I think we could say he was talking to both. And that the spirit of God dwelleth in you. And uh, is the spirit of God here tonight? Hopefully the spirit of God is here tonight. I'd hate to be preaching to, uh, with the spirit of God not present. And uh, I know he's in my heart and he's in your heart if you're a Christian. But verse number 17, if any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. Now stop right there for a minute here. Can a Christian lose their salvation? No, we can't lose our salvation. God's not going to, but, but Brother Day's been using this in a Sunday school class in Romans 6. He's been talking about the, the body is going to be destroyed, of course. Thank God for that, amen. Our, the flesh is going to be destroyed, but our spirit and soul live forever. But he says, a man shall defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Uh, I, I wanted to spend several minutes on this, but uh, i just do it in soundbite here. Is there a judgment of churches? My answer is, I don't know, I don't think so, I, I, don't, I can't prove it, but uh, do, do, I, I think in many ways God does judge churches, and I think God can close down a church when he wants to close down a church. Re- Re- Revelation 2, 5 says, Remember therefore the church at Ephesus, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works. Remember the church at Ephesus, they lost their first love. He says, or, or else I will come quickly. God said, or else I will come quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of its place, except thou repent. So we see a church there that, uh, and down through this, even in my lifetime, I've seen churches, I I think of, uh, I'll, I'll give you an illustration, for example. I was at a church in Tennessee. Some, I could tell you who, some handful of you know what I'm talking about. But I was at a church in Tennessee. The Sunday I was there, they had over 6,000 people in church. That church is not even in existence today. It doesn't even, doesn't even exist. It's gone. It's, it's, it's destroyed. They, they started to go different routes. Different. They got off Jesus and they got into contemporary. Uh, I won't, I won't tell you. They got into all kinds of crazy things. And uh, I believe God destroyed them. And uh, so uh, be careful about that. But we know, uh, again, Brother Dave brought this out in his class Sunday morning again about 1 John 5, 16. There's a sin unto death, the Bible says, for the Christian. God can take a Christian home early that uh, doesn't live for Christ, of course. Uh, 1 John 5, 16 says, if any, man see, if any man see his brother sinning sin, which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him life for that sin that is not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that you shall pray for it. God killed that Christian. Their Christian is, uh, is uh, uh, messing up the, 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 the name of Christ. Now we need to pray for repentance for that Christian, of course, but God, we need to pray for God's will to be done. And I've seen God, I believe, take some Christians home early because they didn't live for the Lord, of course. And so uh, let's move on to the last point here, and I'm, I'm, I'm hurrying, I promise. Verse 21 to 23. Uh, for time's sake. Uh, we need to have the right, build on the right foundation. We need to uh, build with the right materials. But thirdly, whether a church or individual, we need to build with the right motives. Verse number 21. Therefore, let no man glory in men. 
And there's a key phrase we've seen in two verses here. And this, the phrase is, for all things are yours. What's he mean by that? Well, we'll come back to it. Verse 22, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or, or the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours. You see that phrase again, all are yours in verse 22, the last three words and the last four words of verse 21. And then it says, and ye are Christ and Christ is God's. We need to I'll close with two questions I ask you and then I'll hopefully interpret this passage for us properly. But uh, two questions. Number one, who do you glory in? Paul, Silas, or rather Cephas, or Apollos, or, or uh, who, who do you follow in? Well, the answer is we've, we glory in Christ. We want him to receive all the glory, of course. And our motive is to give, give him all the glory. And then the second question, who gave you all things? And uh, the answer is, of course, Christ has given us all things. In fact, uh, it says he give us, gives us life. Uh, one day we're going to have death, death to this old body, and uh, things present. God gives us good things now, and things to come, he gives us good things to come. All are yours. God came to give us life and give it to us, give it to us more abundantly. Thank God for not only does he give us eternal life, he gives us abundant life. He gives us joyous life, and joy unspeakable and full of glory. That's the type of glory he gives us. And on top of it, we get Christ and all that is in Christ. We get God himself because we have Jesus Christ. So to him be all the glory. To God be the glory, great things he hath done. Let's just bow for a prayer, word of prayer and we'll sing to God be the glory verse, uh, just the first verse tonight. Heavenly Father, Lord, help us to give you all the glory. Help us to have right motives in our service to thee. Lord, I pray for each individual Christian, dear God, will one day stand before a judgment seat of Christ and give an account of how we lived our life. And Lord, uh, we pray for this church. This is your church, dear God. It's not, it's not our church, really. It's, we get to be a part of it. It's not my church, for sure. Thank God it isn't. Lord, I thank God that, Lord, you're, in, you're in central to this church because you are, you are its foundation. You are everything. And in you, we have, God, we have all things present, all things to come because of you and your, and your goodness to us. You've given us eternal life and life more abundant. Help us to give you all the glory, we pray. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.